This is episode 69 of the Angry Tech News Podcast for Thursday, July 20th, 2023. This is the Angry Tech News Podcast at angrytechnews.com. Now your host, the angry programmer with a mic, Brian Bemrose. Thursday, you ask? Those of you paying close attention might have noticed a lack of an angry tech news on Tuesday. I was dealing with some crap in my personal life that I won't go into again here. If you really want to know, listen to my woe is me whining segment on yesterday's grumpy old Ben's. That's what that show is for anyway. Suffice it to say, the problem is financial. Podcasting is clearly not paying the bills in this Biden economy, which means it's going to have to take a backseat to things that I do that make actual money as soon as I figure out what those are. I really enjoy making angry tech news and I will do everything I can to continue giving you a show every week, but uh, just fair warning, they might not all be live. Or maybe a couple of you might surprise me with a thousand dollar donation this week, thus guaranteeing more in ATN and more complaining about the stupid crap that Silicon Valley keeps doing. You never know. By the way, on that note, you can thank Gummy Nerds for giving me the motivation to decide to go live today. More on that later. One side effect of going live later in the day in July is that it's hot as hell in this studio right now. I won't say a temperature because those of you experiencing actual heat would just laugh at me for what passes as warm weather in the Pacific Northwest. But older construction in the Pacific Northwest doesn't generally come with air conditioning because it's hardly necessary for one week out of the year. I don't have a heat pump in my house. I don't have any kind of central climate control. I, for some reason, I just can't find the cooling setting on my wood stove. But I didn't come here to bitch about the weather. Plenty of other podcasts are covering that ad nauseum, including the breathless mainstream doomsayers who are incentivized to keep you alarmed about it. I'm just saying I could use some of that rain that my fellow podcasters keep complaining about. From the everything old is new again department. Transportation is one of the biggest contributors of carbon dioxide into Earth's atmosphere behind, of course, volcanoes, forest fires, other wildfires, vegetative decay, glacial melt, plate tectonics, ocean biospheres, land biospheres, agriculture, electricity generation, and the occasional asteroid strike. But aside from all those things, transportation is it. Humans have absolutely no control over most of those things, which is why trying to get you out of your car is a favorite pastime of climate change activists who want to feel like they're doing something about the environment. But the founders of one French startup have decided to go beyond persecuting commuters to fulfill their climate sacrament. A company called AirSeas has announced a novel approach that will revolutionize cargo shipping by transitioning ships off of dirty petroleum-based energy and onto an energy source that is clean, green, and plentiful on the ocean. Wind power. AirSeas product, the C-Wing, is an automated system which, at the press of a button, will deploy a set of parasails up into the sky to pull a cargo ship along, thus allowing it to cross the ocean using only the power of the wind. It's an idea whose time has clearly come, the kind of thing that only a climate-conscious person could come up with, assuming that person was also completely ignorant of the first thousand or so years of humans traveling by ships using wind-powered sails. 
Features listed on the Air Wing page include automatic deployment and retrieval, and, well, not much other information, to be honest. They say they have just completed their initial sea trials and intend to be ready to retrofit the Sea Wing into cargo ships starting in 2026. What they do not say is what Sea Wing-powered ships will do if they want to travel, say, against the wind rather than with it, or what options would be available for ship captains who want to get their cargo across the ocean in less than the several months that it took to cross under sail power 200 years ago. I did some back-of-the-napkin math for this one. First of all, let's assume your ship has a consistent tailwind the whole way, both directions across the sea. I'm not sure how, but ships going, you know, crossing in opposite direction, they both have a tailwind. Let's go with it. Uh, and let's assume that the average wind speed the whole way is a relatively brisk, say, 25 miles an hour, which seems like a reasonable to high average, considering according to the NOAA pages that I looked at briefly. Okay, so... There's 300 to 500 watts per square meter of kinetic energy in the wind at those speeds. Again, hard to find solid numbers, and I stopped short of cracking out my old college physics books, but please bear with me. Betz's law says that you can harness a theoretical maximum of maybe 60% of that power, but most modern turbine and sail designs are more like 30%. Let's assume these guys are really good and can get 250 watts per square meter. Air Seas doesn't post anything about the size of their parasails, but I glanced at the picture and uh, a conservative guess, maybe 20 meters by 5 meters. It's a pretty big sail. So let's call it 100 square meters. Why not? That makes the math easy. That means the sail can, in ideal conditions, with a perfect tailwind, pull a force of, oh, well, let's call it 25 kilowatts of energy to move the ship. Now, again, not going into the forces of water drag on a cargo ship because that's more math than I wanted to do, but I did look up how much energy the ship gets as a, or from petroleum fuel as a proxy of how much it needs to overcome drag. Most crude oil derivatives have around 40 to 45 megajoules per kilogram of fuel. Using a random fuel efficiency graph on container ships, again, something I just found online, they use maybe 200 tons of fuel per day. That might be high, but it uh, that might be right. Multiplying that means that these ships consume on the order of 10 to 100 megawatts of energy to cross an ocean, over a thousand times the amount of energy that a sail can deliver. Now, all of these numbers are highly suspect. I pulled the numbers from random websites, but it does confirm my intuition that the Air Seas Sea Wing cannot possibly deliver more than a fraction of a percent of the energy that a ship needs, even in ideal condition, which makes sense. Sailing ships are a few dozen meters in length, weigh a couple tons, and use far more sails than the Sea Wing is showing in their pictures, and they can take weeks to cross an ocean. Cargo ships are thousands of tons, hundreds of meters in length, push far, far more water, and for economic reasons would like to cross an ocean in less than a week. This product, the Sea Wing, is an impossible dream. A press release, pushing for investors, hoping to cash in on as much of those VC funds as they can get before ultimately announcing failure and shuttering the company. And they'll get the investment, because investors with too much money and a poor understanding of physics will throw money at them so as to be seen to be doing something about carbon pollution. If climate change is a religion, then paying money to companies like this is your tithe, your penance for the original sin of human economic activity, your vig in order to be seen as virtuous in the eyes of the church. In that case, call me a heretic. From the what's new needs to be old again department, a Rivian R1T was in a fender bender in February. This in itself is not statistically significant, but the repair bill was. 
R1T, those electric pickups on the road you may have seen with the unsettling vertical oval headlights. The accident, which occurred in Columbus, Ohio, was originally thought to be very minor. The pickup was rear-ended at a red light. The owner exchanged insurance information with the other driver and they both went their separate ways. The owner then took the truck into the repair shop and after the work was done was presented with a repair bill for $42,000, more than half the starting price for the vehicle. The shop said that the reason for this was they had to remove and replace a plastic panel that started at the back of the truck and reaches all the way to the front roof pillars, which meant in order to get out and replace that, they had to remove, among other things, the ceiling and front windshield and part of the firewall. Very few shops, in addition, very few shops are certified to work on Rivian trucks who, like Tesla, does not have dealerships. You have to buy them online and there's maybe 200 repair shops in North America, which means also that gouging is very, very possible when there's may only be one in your state. The Rivian, by the way, is an all-electric pickup truck, but this story has nothing to do with electric vehicles. I have plenty of stories on this show that are against electric but not this one. This has to do with companies making vehicles like smartphones these days, all computer chips and radios and touch panels and, and plastic and fragile glass and drop it in the toilet just once and the whole thing becomes bricked. Okay, to be fair, a car would need a really big toilet for you to drop it in. But cars these days are made out of fiberglass and plastic and not metal. People, and, and paper mache, people are getting fed up with cars that are all electronics and plastic. And if an, I, I tell you what, if an auto company spent a fraction of what they spend on electronics on making a quality automobile, that car would be a winner. In fact, why doesn't some company just go download the specs for the 1990 Honda Civic, re-release that car exactly with its modular metal design where each panel is removable separately. It has a standard transmission, almost no electronics at all. Heck, even the tape player is almost entirely mechanical and an engine that is reliable for half a million miles with nothing more than a trickle of gasoline and the occasional oil change. I tell you what, in 2023, that car would sell light hotcakes. From the on the subject of all electric pickups department, Tesla has finally built their first Cybertruck. That boxy, angular, dare I say it, ugly ass pickup that looks like it's out of a 1992 Tomb Raider video game when computers couldn't put more than a dozen triangles on the screen at one time. Okay, honestly, this isn't news. Tesla, they built a truck. Fine. I don't even know why I mentioned it other than Tesla announced and started taking pre-orders more than four years ago in 2019 which is classic Tesla. People paid money in advance, sight unseen, for a truck that was going to take four more years before they could get the first one off of the assembly line. Even after the, the Cybertruck's fantastic reveal, when the presenter touted the truck's unbreakable windows and then promptly shattered one on stage. It's been nothing but delay after delay ever since. Never mind, you're right, okay, this isn't news. Just more evidence that people will throw money at far more money at hype than at results. Caveat emptor, bitches. More evidence that marketing is more powerful than truth in 2023 and why I hate marketing. So from the, if you can't compete, regulate department, a federal judge has sided with Microsoft against the U.S. Federal Trade Commission in their injunction hearing, wherein the FTC sought to block the Activision Blizzard purchase. 
The judge denied the FTC's motion for a temporary restraining order and injunction to stop the purchase of Activision Blizzard. The injunction would have effectively killed the deal at the time because the deadline for completing the purchase was July 18th, which, by the way, was Monday, Tuesday, one of those days. By the way, both, both Microsoft and Activision Blizzard yesterday did agree to extend the deadline to October 18th, uh, at least partly in response to the injunction that was ultimately canceled. Uh, in, in in extending the deadline, they also increased the termination fee, which means now if the deal doesn't go through, Microsoft still pays $3.5 billion to Activision, which is not chump change. The FTC, with Sony holding their puppet strings, had argued that Call of Duty would go Xbox exclusive and that would harm competition in the console market. Never mind that the console market already harms competition. I can't play Call of Duty on an open platform. I sure as heck can't play it on my PC. Only on a lockdown console from either one big corporate vendor or the other. Competition what? Microsoft uh, did in fact pinky swear to the judge that competition would still happen and Call of Duty would continue. The judge bought it. Lots of evidence came out during the trial that PlayStation CEO Jim Ryan was not... Uh, arguing in good faith, which seemed to have been compelling. Uh, an internal email from Ryan said that he was never really worried about Call of Duty uh, and also that the list of titles they were demanding non-exclusive kept changing. Uh, there was also an email to uh, Activision Blizzard CEO Bobby Kotick when offered a Call of Duty exclusive for not blocking the deal, where Jim Ryan said, I don't want a new Call of Duty. I just want to block your merger. The judge apparently took that into account. Afterwards, Sony and Microsoft signed an agreement that Call of Duty would be cross-platform for 10 more years, down from the initial offer of 15 years for all Activision Blizzard franchises. Now it's just going to be Call of Duty and just for 10 years. Yay! 10 more years of Call of Duty! I think, judging by their previous releases, that's like 35 more samey cookie-cutter releases of the game. Go... Video games. And from the driving you crazy department, San Francisco has become a major battleground for the robot revolution. Two companies have been authorized by the California Public Utilities Commission to operate fully autonomous robo taxis in San Francisco, Waymo and Cruz. Uh, Waymo was authorized back in November of 2022. They've had autonomous vehicles since August of 2021, but with a safety driver in November of last year, they officially started running uh, cars that were completely autonomous. Uh, Cruise started at the beginning of June, um, a little over a month ago. The CPUC recently issued permit to Cruise for just San Francisco, where the cars were trained. Um, some interesting bits. They are limited to a max speed of 30 miles per hour. They are not allowed downtown. They are only allowed to run 10 PM to 6 AM when the roads are presumably empty. They are not allowed in heavy rain, snow, fog, smoke, or hail. And I thought it was interesting that the entire cruise line is, are they, what are they? Are they Tesla's? Are they Rivian's? No, they are the all electric Chevy bolt, which is, I can confirm from having ridden in one, a pretty reliable car. Uh, Waymo is a little bit ahead in the in in the permits for autonomous vehicles. They are actually allowed to operate in San Francisco, Los Altos, Mountain View, Palo Alto, and Sunnyvale, and can go freeway speeds up to 65 miles per hour, but still not approved in poor weather. 
Crews, after a month or so of having robotic taxis, are having a rough time of it. Their taxis are continue to make big stories. Uh, for example, back in April, a cop tried to pull over a cruise taxi, which was having headlight issues. The cop pulled it over, approached the driver's side door, and the car started up and drove some distance away, then pulled over and turned its hazard on and refused to move ever again. <laughs> Last year, uh, another incident, there were two actual incidents with emergency responsers, responders, one in which a cruise vehicle obstructed a fire truck on its way to a three alarm blaze and another in which a cruise car ran over a fire hose during an active fire. Um, during the second week of June, uh, there was a weird situation where a large number of cruise robo taxis all grouped together and then just stopped in the middle of the street. Bystanders called it a blockade because the intersection was completely blocked. Uh, according to Cruz, then they said, we had an issue earlier this week that caused some of our vehicles to cluster together. While it was resolved and no passengers were impacted, we apologized to anyone who was inconvenienced. Yeah, uh, like everyone else who wanted to use that street. Then in late June, the police responded to a, quote, mass shooting, which a uh, nice slant um, articles from The Guardian, AP, San Francisco Chronicle, it took me a while to figure out, okay, I had to look this one up. What the hell is a mass shooting? You know, that that's a loaded term. Because um, according to the police, it was a, quote, targeted and isolated incident. incident. Um, now, I had to click into three articles to find finally find details via the cops. Um, it was a drive-by. Uh, quote, gunfire came from the car. There were nine injuries, no deaths. Okay, you might call that a mass shooting. One person was shooting and I guess hit nine people. Uh, the, they said the, the suspect in it has quote, numerous firearms warrants, outstanding warrant for homicide in Oakland and ties with the Sereno gang members. So it, it was a gang related drive by. So, uh, obviously all the mainstream has to buy, has to blame guns for this. Uh, they had a quote from a Senator whose name I'm not kidding was Wiener. Uh, the mass shooting in the mission last night is both terrifying and tragic. I hope the victims recover quickly and the shooter is quickly caught. Given the tidal wave of guns in the U.S., no community is immune from gun violence. We must continue the work to put an end to this crisis. Yeah, totally. Blame guns. Don't blame the fact that you have ab so much crime in your city that gangs are running rampant. No, it has nothing to do with the gangs of the crime. It's because of all those guns. Okay, anyway, this is a tech news story. Anyway, story is about robo-taxis. Cruz yet again made news during this quote mass shooting as it was driving by the scene because of all the flashing lights, the autonomous car just stopped. Police say that it was quote blocking emergency medical and fire. Cruz representative said, well, our car initially stopped as it was an approaching an active emergency scene, but then proceeded to perform a U-turn and pull over. Throughout this time, all vehicles, including emergency response vehicles, were able to proceed around their car. So, okay, it didn't block the whole road and they could drive all the way around if they could. But here's a hint, Mr. Spokesperson. Emergency vehicles shouldn't have to. AI on the road is like a child. I mean, it kind of is a child. It's only a couple months old in some cases. The most important thing, just for any driver anywhere, any driver anywhere on the road, the most important thing you can possibly do is be predictable to other drivers. Whether it's AI or human or what, random lane changes, speeding up, slowing down, stopping in the road, driving over fire hoses, all of these things are not easily predictable and that makes them all dangerous. And I'm not going to just dunk on Cruise and Waymo here. 
there are plenty of videos, even in Seattle, of Tesla full self-driving doing things like taking a free ride through pedestrians or stopping in an intersection on green. You can argue all of these things are growing pains for self-driving and humans certainly have had problems with doing stupid crap on the road. So maybe this is just the kind of thing you have to get through if we're going to get through self-driving, but it's still, it, it raises concerns. We'll just leave it at that. Uh, by the way, there was another incident, um, not really having to do with AI screwing up, but uh, has to do with another concern with all these robo taxis. Uh, police in San Francisco have, uh, in, well, actually in, uh, in San Francisco, Phoenix, uh, Austin, and a couple of other cities where robo taxis have been authorized, police are now subpoenaing the robo taxi services for stored video taken by the taxis. Just in case you were aware, if you see one of those robo taxis driving by, it's now a snitch. Uh, there have been uh, a Bloomberg did a research and found up to nine search warrants for Waymo and a quote handful for Cruz had been issued in just San Francisco and Phoenix alone. Uh, now, Everything going on here, this is all public line of sight. When you're in the public, you should assume you're being watched by someone. The big problem here is that there's no transparency at all about who or how or how long these videos are stored, how much extra footage is handed over. Uh, when, when the cops come and say, hey, you know, somebody got stabbed at this intersection, how many houses near there are getting, you know, these cameras shooting inside their windows, uh, how much extra stuff, homes, bystanders, uh, you know, are you going to end up in a, a dragnet because the, because a block earlier, the same taxi drove past you as when there was a, an alleged crime. I don't know, but what's happening in San Francisco now is that there's a backlash, uh, viral videos on TikTok and Twitter have shown, uh, a wonderful hack, uh, a user named safe street rebel. Uh, which is, is a username, but several of the articles I read actually took it for the name of a quote, quote, unquote, movement uh, against these robo taxis. The hack that they showed was putting a cone, a road cone on the hood of a cruise car. When they do this, the car stops, goes into error mode, puts its flashers on and has to be rescued by a human driver from the cruise technical support. Um, Safe Street Rebel demonstrates this in several videos, and there have been incidents of it in San Francisco all over the place, far more than one person could be doing, which means that other people are emulating it. Uh, according to Safe Street Rebel, he says, hell no, we do not consent to this. Uh, Waymo says that this is vandalism, but given that all it is is moving a road cone, it's going to be pretty tough to prosecute. Uh they also say that uh, California California regulators are forcing San Franciscans to become guinea pigs for work in progress AV tech. Active protest is a reasonable response, says uh, an analyst whose name I didn't write down and probably should have. Regardless, uh, there's some people in San Francisco who are not particularly thrilled about having robo taxis all over their city anymore are fighting back. Uh, there are lots and lots of ways to mess with fully autonomous cars right now. I, for one, I'm getting the popcorn out and want to see where this is going. A cruise spokeshole said our company has a strong safety record. And when compared with a human driver, it's autonomous driver had 73% fewer collisions with meaningful risk of injury, whatever the heck meaningful risk of injury is, or, you know, when compared with you, okay, you know, somebody is, is making shit up with statistics. That's what happens. 
Is it safe enough to supplant human drivers? The robot revolution rages on. Okay, huge, huge, huge angry thanks to Gummy Nerds who came in this morning with a giant executive producer donation of $150 this week. Uh, he is the reason why I decided to scramble to put together my notes and make sure that I got this out. And then uh, because I have a massive ego, I decided that I could do it right after no agenda. Also, angry thanks to Jacob Hoffman, Baron Spud the Mighty, Progo, Steve Edwards, Raymond Zorger, and Eric Rankin for coming in with fiat donations, and also to everyone who boosted or streamed Satoshi's using a modern podcast app. Stacy boosted with thanks. Memes1337 boosted with stay angry and keep dishing up the news. Phoenix boosted with Java is asshole in response to a story from last week. And Sir Sean of the Allegheny Valley, Joel W, Niggy R. Davis 87 also boosted sending, keep sending those Satoshis that may not be seem like very much, but it all helps. Angry Tech News is produced on the value for value model. We don't take sponsors. We don't play ads and we do not charge you to listen, but we're funded by your donations. If you received some value from listening to this show, please send some value back. Go to angrytechnews.com and click the donate button. Send what you think this episode was worth for you. With a few more of you guys, I might even be able to do this on a consistent basis. That's it for now. I'm Ryan Bemrose, the angry programmer with a mic. I'll be back next week with more Angry Tech News. This has been Angry Tech News with the angry programmer Ryan Bemrose at angrytechnews.com. Stay angry. Stay angry. Stay.